Welcome to Stories from the Field. This podcast is meant to celebrate and educate on what God is doing in the nations. Because sometimes the nations can feel like a far out distant idea, and we're here to share that they're real. Maybe these stories inspire you to become an overseas missionary yourself, or maybe they inspire you to share with your neighbor across the street. God isn't looking for those with all the talent and accolades, but for the humble and the willing. He'll take care of the rest. So from the powerful to the funny, inspiring to the awkward, these are stories from a day at the office from fellow missionaries. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. It is uh, great to have you listening here today. We have fellow missionary brother Ben on the show. Uh, Brother Ben. Good to be here. How about you give us a bit of a rundown of your role in Overland, how you got started in missions, how long you've been a missionary, all the background. Yeah, so I'm from a non-religious background, traditionally atheist, Um, so nobody in the family believing in Jesus. And in 2008, I became a believer, kind of dramatic experience. Two years later, I went on my first trip overseas to India, was hooked, didn't realize that's like that was my calling until 2014 I was launching for the first time throughout the Middle East okay 2015 joined Overland officially and now I've been working with them um, what is that six pretty much seven years now yeah mainly all in the Middle East but also on, a, on other bases cool yeah how's your Arabic I am proficient I can lead someone to the Lord and disciple them and lead a Bible study and preach and translate so yeah I'm doing Awesome. I, I translate in a clinic. Oh, okay. So that's pretty important. It can't be like, take this pill <laughs> four times a moment instead of like three times a day. So It's pretty important. Yeah, it has to be pretty good. <laughs> it has to be functional. Cool. Yes. So, I mean, I kind of gave you the description of the prompt for the podcast mm. and what we want to hear from you, but it's stories from the field, and we'd love to hear a story from you. So... Take it away. I like the sound of stories from the field. So uh, the one that came to mind immediately um, has to do with the people group that I work with. So most people in the Middle East are from a Muslim background. Mm-hmm. And I think we've heard a lot of the propaganda, and some of it's true. Mm-hmm. Like if you're from, the, some people are like cultural Muslims, just like we have cultural Christians. Right. Not super strict, don't really know what they believe, maybe never read the Quran, which is their religious uh, sacred book mm-hmm. but some are and some are extreme what you would consider a terrorist and so if somebody from their family would convert which is considered forbidden within yeah. Islam then their blood is what we call halal it mm. means that it's acceptable to spill it's okay to kill that individual oh, wow. so um, we have a unique challenge a unique challenge in the Middle East because the risk is high, it is difficult for people to come out of Islam, begin to follow Jesus, but they must. Yeah. is the only way salvation is in the name of Jesus. Um, so some missiological studies that I've read about, they say that if a person does not start sharing the gospel within two weeks, they will never make it a habit in their life. So we got to start getting some definitions straight, sure. right? Some people would say, well, they're in precarious uh, scenarios, and they, they should be more careful. They should use wisdom 
they shouldn't be sharing the gospel. Sure. But because it's a commandment from Christ, and my breath is my spirit, and my breath is my speech, and it's my sharing, it's, it's the word the Lord has given me, it's the preaching of the gospel. My young former Muslim disciple is dead if he's not sharing the word. If he's not speaking, then he has died. Yeah. Okay, so death is not that he gets his head chopped off or somebody shoots him in the face, all things that I've heard of, people, none, nothing like that's happened to any of my guys at this point in time, but I have heard those stories from close friends in the Middle East, and we have to count the cost and say, well, is it worth it? Yes, because if they don't, they are dead. Right, right. So, had a young man, he's from a known terrorist neighborhood, in, in the north of the country where I live. And after he got saved, he was very scared, living mm. in constant paranoia with his, uh, his family situation, constantly believing they're gonna find out something bad would happen to him. Right. Um, the amazing thing is after he took the step for water baptism, a lot of that fear disappeared and he started to become more bold. And we had told him from the very beginning, even before he had formally submitted his life to Christ and say, I will follow Jesus unto death and I am rejecting Islam. Uh, we had told him, you must start sharing. You must start sharing. Yeah. And of course he complained, you don't understand my situation, blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay, I can't come to you and say, I'm in the same situation. I can tell you what I'm about to say by experience, but I know what the word says. Like you are dead if you're not sharing the word. Yeah. It's, it's, your, it's your life flow. So we just told him that. And um, so, he stops going to the mosque, he stops praying, okay? And his mother takes notice that he's not praying. He's going around the neighborhood apologizing to people that he'd wronged in the past. We didn't oh my to do that. gosh. And yeah. she's like, what's wrong with my son? She calls in a psychologist. <laughs> and um, she calls in multiple sheikh, which is like a religious, religious leader in okay. Islam. And she has him sit down with her son and say, please fix my son, something's wrong. I think he right. has a demon because he's not going to the mosque and praying anymore. Oh, wow. So after he'd been harassed over and over, he said, um, I, I need to go back to the mosque. We said, okay, you do mm. what you need to do. You're a young believer. You're trying to figure it out. Sure. You know, we'll, we'll give that wiggle room. I had given him a Bible that looked like a Quran. And so what he did is he took that Bible and he hid it in the library of the big mosque in his neighborhood. <laughs> so he started going to that mosque, usually every day or every other day, and he would go sit in the library, he would pull out the secret Bible, and he would memorize a page or two at a time. Memorize? Memorize a page or two at a time. Because at that, before he was a believer, he had memorized most of the Quran. Really? Heart. So he was a so pretty he, devout Very Muslim. devout. He was very devout. Wow. He really wanted to know the Lord, but he just didn't know how. Yeah. So he starts memorizing the Bible. He would leave the mosque. Yay, our son's come back to Allah. <laughs> you know, and so they, they think that he's back and he's devoted. No, he's going to the mosque to memorize the Bible. Yeah. Then he started going around his neighborhood and saying, I met a man who found a Bible. And lots of M Muslims claim that the Bible's been changed. It's corrupt. It's not the real one. He would say, and it's the real one. And people would be shocked and it'd be no way, well, what does it say? And he would say, this is what the Bible says. He starts quoting from the Beatitudes and teaching people the teachings of Jesus, just part of wow. the Great Commission. Yeah. He teach people to obey all that Jesus commanded us. Right. So this was the wisdom that he developed as we put the demand on him. We said, son, you must share the gospel. 
we don't know how you you do it but you you have to do it or else you you die yeah this is part of your, your there's life no such thing as Christ. being a christian and then not sharing it exactly yeah so this is how he developed that in order to protect himself but begin sowing those seeds hmm. and so he's going around sharing the word saying i met a man who found a bible and this is what it says and of course they don't know that it's him right um and what i love about this is it's true anywhere hmm. right so as i come back to the states and people go oh, you're such a brave man i can't believe you're working <laughs> in the middle east it's like no i'm not and you have to be brave if you're a Christian anywhere. Yeah. And um, you're just saying that because you think that my life is on the line. I'm going to lose my life. I, I was didn't get just as alive in America because I was always sharing the word. Mm. I was always letting the word of God flow through me. We have, a, there's a place in the Middle East called the Dead Sea, mm-hmm. a biblical place. If water, water flows into it, but water doesn't flow out. Right. And that's, it's like a stagnant pond and that's why it's dead the dead sea that's why there's no life there there's nothing that can live there so you need an outlet and the only difference between just north and the sea of galilee between the dead sea same river source same they're both connected to one another the galilee is full of life because it has an outlet we as christians need to have an outlet like this young muslim man had an outlet in his life and he was growing his faith rapidly mm-hmm. and so even for us if if i'm in america i must my life depends on sharing the word of God. And if I, I'd much rather be in my, my young disciple's shoes where he could get murdered at any time, but he's sharing the gospel daily. Right. Or every other day, however, however frequently, but he's sharing, than sit in a pew for 30 years and not open my mouth. I'd, I'd, if I'm rotting for two weeks in America, or anywhere, it's not an American problem. This is this is just a normal problem anywhere we have the word of God. Yeah. If I'm not activating my voice, if not using, I'm dead. So we have to get our definitions straight. Being dead is not getting your head chopped off. It's sitting there with the the Holy Spirit alive on the inside, all the treasure of heaven deposited into you and you make no withdrawals and you're it's not quenched. Yeah. So yeah. Um this is the first first story that came to mind oh yeah and paints some of what we do some of what we um demand from our disciples to ensure that the task is finished and we stay alive right God, jesus has called us a life and life more abundant and that's all connected to living his word and sharing his word i think that's a great testimony to share because it can in one sense it can feel easier to become a believer and then I'll just keep it to myself in my own personal devotion. Um, and that feels easier, but like what will actually bring life is doing the work of the ministry, yeah. of telling others, of sharing it. Yes, sir. What would you say to, I don't like, because there are people who, they're past that two-week window. You know, they've become a believer, they've passed the two weeks, and they still have not shared their faith. What would you tell people who are in that scenario of, they even know it's good that they want to, mm-hmm. but just to actually do it, what's some encouragement you would give to them? Good question. I like, in, I like to liken people to computer systems. Hmm. Once you have one software running on the hardware, that program will just continue to run as the same program over and over and over until you go into the coding, make a manual override. Yeah. You have to manually override it. 
you don't know how to do that, to go, hey, I missed the two-week window. I'm not doing what I'm hearing about right now. It makes me uncomfortable, uh, convicted, or just angry. Like, sure. how, what does he know? He doesn't know my situation. Whatever comes up, it's true because the word says it, not because I'm sharing this testimony. So you have to go in and do a manual override. And if you don't know how to do that to reset your life, you must have a leader or someone who is doing it come in, show you how, prod you along, hmm. and get you to that place. And most people, they, especially in American culture, we 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 don't like to impose. We're not pushy people, right? Right. So so nobody's gonna come like in the some churches overseas. I've heard about in India or China, they just have such a strong honor shame authority system. Somebody would just come along and be like, "Do this now," and then you don't have an option. Right. Here, nobody's gonna do that. So you actually have to go to someone and tell them, "Hey, Zach, I need you." to be forceful with me and tell me you will do this and you will check upon me. Right. So without that accountability, without that support, um, if you don't have it in it in you of your own volition, you need to get it from somewhere else. Yeah. So I would first try to do that manual override and uh, some things you must, we don't like to use the word strive or strife, mm -hmm. but some things it's a grind and yeah. you have to manually override it and it's going to, it's going to, it's, it's going to be forceful. You have I to push of, for it. I think of the verse that says the kingdom of God is taken by violence. There's a violence that comes with overcoming some old bad patterns, old yeah. bad habits. But if you can't do it, um, get someone to help you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really true because you can have the good desire, um, but once you bring someone else into it, like having that accountability, like, okay, I told someone about it. And I want them to check in to be like, all right, are you sharing your faith? Or like, let's do it together and get someone in on it like that. Because then it becomes real. You have someone else in mm -hmm. on it. Like with any, I mean, goal in life, really. But right. especially with sharing your faith. Because that one, it challenges you. And you're putting your money where your mouth is. Exactly. With it. Yeah. I guess this advice works for anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Brother Ben, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for your story, your encouragement. Praying for blessings over your ministry, your team's ministry. Um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks right, for thank listening, you. guys. Blessings. See ya.